Episode 19, Meeples versus the Volcano. Sacrifices must be made. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. Hey! And welcome back to the Games Week Play Podcast. I am Brian. And I am Chris. And welcome back. This is episode 19, Meeples versus the Volcano. Sacrifices, Sacrifices must be made. made. Yeah. That was actually unplanned when we did that. <laughs> that was, and it came off very well. Yeah, so uh, we're another week has passed already. Yes, kind of crazy. We're flying. Is flying. We're almost up to 20 episodes. That's yes, kind of a big achievement. September now, episode 19, getting you know well into the double digits. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of crazy. We're still making time to play games yeah. and record, which is awesome. Yeah. A few exciting things happening, but it's been going on game-related. I got reached out to do uh, some game testing. A friend of a friend reached out to me on Facebook. Um, That friend referred him to me saying, hey, this guy's in the board games, obviously because the Games Play podcast. So he reached out to us through the Facebook. And uh, so I'm hooking up with tomorrow, actually meeting up with him in uh, in Des Moines. And uh, I'm going to pick up the prototype. We'll... It's a two-player game. It looks kind of interesting. Nice. Um, we'll, we'll see. This is my first like real play test, I guess. I don't know. It's gonna be. I don't know what to expect or what the to free feedback because you know it's a prototype. It's never going to be perfect right out of the gate. Gate and it doesn't have the final art or anything, but it has the gameplay mechanics and the rules. So. Um, could be interesting, maybe. That's so, awesome. We'll see how that goes. So that's what's going on in my world other than work. Uh, what about you, Chris? Actually, I kind of did the same thing. I signed a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, to start playtesting a tactical miniatures game with a uh, guy I met up. I can't really talk too much about it yet, but it's it's awesome. Um it's a tactical miniature game, sci-fi um, theme. I won't go more into details on that, but it, uh, he's putting a company together and coming out with his first game. This guy's heavily involved with multiple aspects of the game genre and uh, environment and was looking for people to play test. And so I've got some experience with with tactical miniature games and so on, been playing them for many years and different aspects and so on. So I thought, hey, you know, Let's try this. So I reached out to him, and he sent me it, the forms. I filled it out, and um, I'm on a on a Discord channel, a private Discord channel for the, only those people who signed the NDAs, and we're discussing things and uh, looking to um, get some playing uh, time on this game. Cool. Stuff. Yeah. Kind, so, so you're kind of saying you're, you're kind of a big deal now. Well, I don't say about that, <laughs> but I'm just going tagging along, you know, trying out these games and playtesting. That's awesome that uh, we're, we're at the aspect of, of doing this kind of stuff. So Yeah, that sounds that, like fun. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, I, I didn't have both. to do an NDA yet on this one. I'm, I'm not, we'll see. We, we could play. It's a two-player game. It yeah. looks like it could be a quick game over lunch. We could play it, maybe get some uh, some joint feedback, because it's kind of a move guys on a map in war where you're... you're, oh, you're uh, like those games. And it's a little programming, too, on top oh, of cool. it, where you're programming out actions, and it's hidden actions, and then yep. you reveal and stuff like that. It, it looks interesting. I like games like that. Yeah, we'll see. Um so that's uh, that's what's been going on, I guess. Um, also, this segment, so or this episode, really excited about it. Um, we're trying to get back a little bit to our roots after the last two weeks. No pun intended. But <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to get back to our roots, where we just want to keep uh, these things light, uh, fast, quick, yeah. quick to the point, but give uh, good substance and try to talk about as many games as we possibly can. So uh, last week we got a little bogged down with Root, which I mean, when I was editing it, uh, it was really hard to try to find stuff to cut out of that because a lot of it was pretty relevant to the discussion. It's not a cheap game and it's not easy to get a hold of right now. And you're going to have to pay a little extra maybe to get it because you're going to have to play probably more than retail for it right now. How often is it that we buy MSRP prices? I never. Like, never. But that's the thing is Root is like that right now because it's pretty much sold out of all the other places where you're not going to play MSRP. Anyway, my point being is, you know, if uh, you're really interested and you're going to buy it, it's going to be an investment for you. And so I think we 
maybe did a little overkill in the review. But hey, I feel like we did justice. I think if you buy it, you're not going to get blindsided by something. And you're going to know going in if you're going to like it or not, probably. Yeah, we were excited about it. So I can see why that uh, segment went a little long. Yep. So absolutely. So this week we got a bunch of small uh, segments. We got eight of them in in, uh, in total, including this one. So uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it and start talking about some games, Chris. All right, a new segment called Mailbag, and it's only new because we actually got some mail in. <laughs> Yay! And by mail, I, we got one thing. Uh, so shout out to our number one fan, Andy. We've talked before. He uh, So he went and did that uh, Quantic Foundry survey that we talked about a couple yeah. episodes ago. Good for him. And, Good uh, job, Andy. Yeah, uh, so he actually sent in his results. So, yes, I read um, that. So he's he is a beginner. He said, to be honest, I'm not sure I really know what I like, but I am a beginner in the board game world. Um, he likes games like Risk, Monopoly, Payday growing up. Those are kind of the games he played. And so this is a nice comment. I like that I get to hear about other games from you guys. So thank you, Andy. That's what we try to do. And so based on his answers, he wanted to give us his uh, four recommendations that came from there. So the recommendations he got was uh, Concept as number one. Have you played Concept before? I have not played Concept. So Concept is like a party style type game, and there's a big board with a bunch of uh, icons, um, and, and they're in in categories. It kind of actually reminds me, think uh, Word Slam, but instead of words, they're like pictures of those concepts. And so the idea is there's a word that you're trying to get your team to guess, and you're putting pawns down on these pictures or concepts. And you have to try to use those concepts to try to guess what the word is. Anyway, that's what concept is. It's a very highly stylized game. It's really pretty on the boards or on the table. It's a big white board with some really cool artwork for all the concepts. And um, it's, it's again, just like a word game, but with a little like uh, picture and concept association to try to get people's. It's, it's an interesting game. Um, the other game that he got uh, suggested was Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert. I know we talked yeah. about yep. uh, Forbidden Sky last week. Forbidden Desert and Forbidden... Well, let's talk about Forbidden Island first. It's yes. the first game. Essentially, it's a cooperative game where you have a bunch of people that are stuck on an island and you're trying to get off. And after, you only get so many actions and each character that you get might have special uh, abilities. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I own this game, and this was the first first the game of the series. I've played this several times. Fun game. It is All, all three are very fun. They have little different twists to each Yeah, they do. Style. I think Forbidden Desert's a little on the simpler side from what I've heard, but is, is it kind of keep you on the... Forbidden the Island. I keep saying that. Forbidden Island. So does that kind of <laughs> yes. keep you on the edge of the seat like the other games where you just feel like next turn you could die or There is that aspect, but I think, I think you are correct in how they feel. Um, as you each game as they were developed, they they add a little more intensity, maybe if I want to say that right. Yeah, I think um, that's to right. it, so it, it it adds a new element. Yeah. Yep. And then Forbidden Desert, same idea. I think in Forbidden Island, isn't the island like dropping away in the ocean or something like yeah. that? For Forbidden Desert is you're in a desert and there's these um, everything's modular, right? So these are all hex. Tiles. So every time you play the game, it's going to be randomized up. Um, but in the Forbidden Desert, there's actually a little desert, uh, like sand things that could come when there's like a sandstorm. At the end of each turn, you have to go for this deck, and this deck is randomized. But that's what you're kind of playing against because this deck just ramps up the game. You have a slider that ramps up the level you're on. That level dictates how many cards you have. So it kind of snowballs as the game goes on. And, and the same with Forbidden Island. It just yeah. kind of snowballs. Yep. By the end of the game, you're, you're having to draw five cards after each player's turn from that deck. And every single card in that deck is bad. Like, every <laughs> single one is yeah. is bad. Um, I really like Forbidden Desert. It's a fun little game. Um, it's, a, it's a very approachable game. It's not really hard. Where it's hard is trying to beat the game right and the challenge every time you lose you're like oh let's play it again yeah. i think we can do it this time and and that's a good feeling yeah they all have that do or die type mm -hmm. uh, mechanism in it and that feeling yeah. and they're actually very good gateway games they are good yeah and, and they're fairly affordable they're oh, cheap they're, like, they're you, still around yeah, all of for, them for like still forbidden bucks. island yeah. i saw that on amazon and yeah they're they're fairly inexpensive under 25 dollars and 
good games. Yep. And then the last game that he talked about was King of Tokyo. I know we've yeah. talked about King of Tokyo, yeah. and I think it's actually a maybe yes, later we're going to talk about yep. it a little bit. But uh, King of Tokyo is another good one. I, you might want to go back and find the episode. I don't want to hit it on a whole lot, but basically you're a bunch of kaiju monster, monsters fighting each other for control of Japan. Um, it's just a it's a fun little game. Yep. It, it You're rolling dice Yahtzee style and resolving them. It, it's kind of just... There's not a whole lot of strategy. It's just fun. Uh, It's just a fun, quick, it's a 30-minute game, maybe. It can be a 15-minute game sometimes. 15 to 45 minutes depends. It's swingy, but it's a fun little game. Good for kids, good for adults. Very first board game Jamie and I ever played together. Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great uh, intro or uh, like a gateway yeah. game. So, yeah. um, anyway, that uh, about does the time. Uh, Andy, we do appreciate it. Uh, he did give some other suggestions about uh, uh, like a website. We are just to let yes. everybody know we are working on a website. I want to publish all of our database of what games we've talked about, what episodes, so you can look it up our, and find it on the, on the go. And yeah. you can also see our reviews that we talked our about. Our prime lists or reviews, uh, working on a Board Game Geek Guild to be associated with this podcast and the website too as well. So we do have uh, a bigger things in, yeah. in the future. We're and, working on them. And we want to put polls out there, yep. see what you guys want to see, talk, talk about and stuff like that. But um, just to wrap it up, check out the Quantic Foundry. Just go ahead and Google it. Uh, talks about your games. Fill it out. It gives you suggestions. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, check out the board game because there's also a, a video, video game one too yep. as well. So thank you, Andy. If you want to have your email read or talked about or if there's anything you want to talk about, please send us an email in at gamesweplaypod at gmail.com. So um, what's on my table this week? It was uh, We took my oldest daughter, Emily, off to college here recently. And uh, we unloading all the stuff, putting it in her room the first Saturday, and and her uh, sweet mate neighbor walks in and says hi, and Taya introduces herself, says hi, and and Emily goes, yeah, and my my dad, uh, uh, he does a board game podcast, and <laughs> her, her uh, sweet mate friend who she plays softball with goes, uh, oh, I love games, our family love games, but we play these weird games, you probably never heard of them, and I perk up and go, oh really yeah and she goes um yeah secret hitler is one of our favorite games and i just <laughs> smile That's cool. so we talk and i laugh and i pull out my phone and instantly order a amazon uh secret hitler game and ship it to emily and she gets it two days later and she took it to uh, she plays uh, softball in college with with her friend and and every and so she took it to a team outing at the coach's house and and she texted me afterward and said everybody loved Secret Hitler and it was just a big hit with the team and so I was like I just laughed and smiled and my heart filled with joy that uh, we could share uh, share uh, games and the love of gaming to people and new people and so on so. So technically not what's on your table, but what's on Emily. Well, I'm going to share it up with Emily's table. So it's, we're going to have to put an asterisk. No, go ahead. I, I purchased the game and yeah, shipped it go. to her. No, that's cool. That, yeah. I mean, that's what board games are oh about. Oh, my gosh, you know? yes. So, yeah, she was just all excited and, and just just brought it out and just uh, texted me later the evening and said, Dad, it was a great hit and everybody loved it. And I'm like, yes, fist pump. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, well, what's been on my table is Dinosaur Island. If you do follow Instagram, you would have known that because we posted pictures about it um, early. I, I mean, I mean, I think it's our second most popular episode we have is uh, the Dulasaur Island review. The you bred raptors yes. uh, episode. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, I think it was episode seven off the top of my head. Either way, we talked about uh, Dulasaur Island, which was the two-player version of Dinosaur Island. So we finally got Dinosaur Island to the table, and I have to say, it's better than Dulasaur Island. I really like it. It feels like Dulasaur Island, a lot of the same like DNA, you know, breeding the dinosaurs and stuff, but you actually have a park. You actually get to put dinosaurs. You have to upgrade your cages to put more dinosaurs in. At the end of the game, you multiply the dinosaurs by its its victory point. So you can try to like load up a lot of dinosaurs in that pen to give you a lot of more victory points at the end of the game. Um, you, you know the amusement parts and the food and the apparel. You know how you're trying to get sets and you get a lot of victory points when we're playing Dualsaur? There's no none of that set stuff. All that does is help you pull in visitors and give you more money and excitement level for your visitors. And there's a cool mechanic where 
uh, depending on your excitement level, you you pull visitors or their little meeple oh, guys nice. out of a bag. But there's hooligans in there, and the hooligans well, of course don't pay their way in, <laughs> and they have to go in first, and then they take up slots. And so you can get a line outside your park where uh, you know non hooligans, actual paying customers can't get in. And so yeah, it's pretty that's, cool. That's a cool mechanic. It that's, is a cool that's mechanic. Pretty thematic. It is. That's it really neat. is. Yep. So as the excitement level goes up, because you build more stuff in your park. You can get more visitors. The visitors give you gold. And then as the visitors go in your park, you have to assign them to the spots. So you can only assign visitors equal to the amount of dinosaurs on a dinosaur exhibit or some of the food ones have multiple spots. And then after that phase, assuming dinosaurs don't get loose and kill them, because that can happen. They'll they'll kill. And they will kill non-hooligans first because hooligans are shifty i guess um no, that's what, it's, that's what it says ones, in the book actually. they're the ones with the hoodies on <laughs> yeah no kidding um you get victory points for then what's left in there and that's how you get victory points every turn oh yeah cool. it's, it's a cool it's it's a cool game um it takes forever to set up though there's I can so imagine. there's so many components and it i don't it's it takes up like the whole table when you set it up because there's three main boards that everybody plays off of. Then you have your main board with all the sliders and stuff, and then you have another board with your park. There's so many boards in this game, um, but it's a lot of fun. You have little dinosaur meeples, which is pretty sweet. Uh, I saw some people on Instagram. They were buying upgrades so you can get different dinosaurs. But anyway, that was Dinosaur Island. Really fun. Check out our Instagram at the picture, like me describing it doesn't do justice in the two minutes I just talked about it. Look at the pictures. It's it's great. So uh, we have the expansion on the on the shelf. So yep. we're going to try to get to get that out because it adds a bunch more to it. Most so. definitely want to try that. So uh, check it out. Uh, Dinosaur Island. Okay, this week's You Should Try. We are talking about... Citadels. Yes, good game. So Citadels is kind of an older game, Chris. Yeah. Initially came out in 2000. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not very old, but um and then they this did century. and then uh they did reprint it. So I threw yes. it out this after you listen to this, check it out. Uh there's a reprint where it's in a big box cuz the the earlier one is like this small little skinny box. It's a big box and they added like tons and tons and tons of new yeah. cards and the expansions in that one too. Um so Citadels, let's do this in four minutes. Like, what's Citadels in four minutes? Uh, Citadels, I would call it a, it's like a bluffing. It's more of a card game. Yes, with card game. You're building a city, city building. in front of you, and it's a fantasy, like, medieval Medieval, theme. yep. Um, but the, the mechanics of the game is card drafting. Uh, if For those who don't know, card drafting is, hey, take one, pass it on. Take one, pass it on. Um, you're trying to do set collections because as you're building that yep. city, those sets can help you with more points because if you're trying to get yellows or reds or blues or something like that, they can help you out. And then variable player power. So this is uh, this is we don't see this on a lot of games. There, I've seen it in some games, but yeah. not a lot of games recently that does the variable power. Do you want to explain kind of how the variable powers work on each round? Sure. What that is, uh, one of the things is you'll be selecting a role. There's the bishop. There's the duke. There's they have different abilities that they allow you to do. Um, special abilities. One may get you uh, like a merchant ability for more gold. Um, there's like the Duke is a warring faction. There's a bishop. They're, they each have a different role that uh, depending on what your towers you have and your special, uh, what you're working to and the cities, uh, they can play off of that and enhance mm-hmm. the action that you may want to take that route. Yeah, because you can only like build one one like building in your city, for example, and one of the abilities allows you to build more than one, for right. example. Exactly. Or, But you have to spend gold and it gets expensive, so one of the other ones allows you to get more gold. Now, this is the base game we're talking about. In yes. the expansion, there's something like 30 new cards because these cards if if i recall are numbered like one through i think 12 right right originally it was like one through nine but yeah yep exactly something like that and those numbers as you um there's two that are face down or three it depends how many player counts right because this does play two to eight players right correct it is two to eight players and depending how many players there are if you select one role or if there's two players you're going to select multiple roles yeah so there's face down ones that not everybody knows about the first player who's the king who happened to get the king from last time they get uh they get to see what's what's left and pick one 
then pass it. The next person picks a roll, passes it. It's all hidden until it goes around, and then the rest get put in the middle face down. And then what happens is the person who picked the number one flips it, gets a go. Number two gets flipped, go, num- goes. Yep. And there's things like, I think is that there's like a thief, an assassin can yeah. be number one yep. or number two. And you can like, you can, if you're the, the assassin, you're like, I'm going to kill the king. Well, somebody might not have picked the king or somebody did. And so there's some strategy depending on what you saw in the hand. Exactly. And so if you pick the thief, you know, okay, well, I know there's the bishop and the architect left. I'm going to probably pick one of them because I know they're there. Um, So there's some strategy there, and then you resolve it, and then you build on each person's turn when you go, and then everything gets shuffled in. The king gets whoever the king might be that could have changed, shuffles up and does it again. It just keeps going until you hit the end of the game, uh, which I believe is a number of buildings. This is just off the top of my head. Not much prep time here. Uh, (laughs) It's been a little bit since we played it. But but, um, yeah. But the reason I bring up uh, Citadels is this was one of the first uh, hobby games actually I've, I've played. Absolutely. I think it was maybe one of the third or fourth games I ever played at work once I, you know, um, started playing games at work, you know, with you guys. And this is one of those. And it was so unique, this whole variable power that you're drafting and then the turn order can change every time. And you have you have to strategize a plan up and you can set yourself up for the next turn. Yeah. And I just really like that. And uh, you can you can swap out the the characters uh, those numbers and you could have a completely different playing experience because they all have different variable powers and um, yeah it's just a really good game it really is Bruno Falduti is the the designer this was uh, uh, one of the very first games um, I I had for hobby games and stuff uh, my brother gave it to me Rob and it's one of those uh, fantasy flight games Silverline edition that I talked about like yep. Magblast yep. last week came in that small box then then they had the uh, the Dark City expansion in 2004 yep. but really 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 good game you should give really this a good. try it's a game yep. yeah like they said reprint it 2016 but it's kind of one of those hidden games that it forgotten really about it does it's good um, so just to the, finish it up it's a 30 to 60 minute game so pretty quick light played at work yeah. really well and it's uh, actually currently 487 over on BGG and it's 96 and family yeah, top 100, top 100. Which is kind of yeah. crazy so. quietly yeah yeah so check it out you know go on you can get it really cheap yeah uh, you can still get it almost everybody owns it if if you're if you know somebody that's in the board gaming hobby chances are somebody you know has it give it a try it's uh it's definitely worth the time most definitely all right new segment heading your way It's a new segment called Gateway Game of the Week. This is going to be a reoccurring segment, maybe not every week, but probably every other week, where we're going to talk about a gateway game that's good, right? A a game that's really good to get uh, friends and family into into the genre. If you... You know, sometimes if you're tired of playing certain games like Catan or Ticket to Ride or something like that, these are games that uh, maybe are alternatives to that, that maybe you can get in to get people into hobby. Or if you're a beginner, like we talked, Andy was talking about, here's a great game to check out that I think you would really like. So the game this week is Splendor. Splendor is a card drafting and set collection game. So if you don't know what that is... Um, Card drafting, you're basically you know trying to get cards that uh, are in a shared pool that uh, your your other opponents are, could get at, and then set collection where you're trying to build up a set of uh, a set collection is you can set of same cards, sure, uh, uh, one of um, different cards. Yeah, um, there's different the, ways to get it. I guess it is kind of a set collection because to get victory points in this game, you have to have multiple of those gem types to get those right get those victory points. that's probably why they call that but yeah. this is more of like a, a engine building game but um just to give you statistics is a two to four player game plays in about 30 minutes 30 to maybe 45 depending on if you have four players and depending on the um who's playing with you and it's actually 135th overall on bgg um i believe this is actually probably slipped in recent years because there's some newer games that are a little more complicated but kind of gives you the same feel of splendor now chris you haven't played splendor have you i have not so uh chris is like is that the one with the dude on the front with that has like a gym i'm like that is the game (laughs) so um Splendor is basically, hey, we're trading gems, and that's the point of the game. Um, but essentially, 
by the way, the component quality, the gyms are like nice poker chips, like Ooh, those nice, nice heavy poker I chips. Like that. Oh yeah, it's really nice. So the whole point of the game is your um your your tr- you you only have one action on your turn, right? And so just like most engine building games, you have one action, and so as the game goes on, you're gonna increase or uh, give yourself more buy power for for the duration of the game and so you're uh you're getting these gems which are these poker chips and there's like blue ones and green ones and white ones like diamonds and rubies and stuff sapphires i think are the real name and essentially you're getting these these tokens and out in the middle there's a marketplace you have like tier one tier two tier three and then you have your victory point conditions, which are randomized in the game, which is kind of nice. And essentially, those cards have a cost. So, uh, you know, in tier one, it might cost one white gem. Okay. Well, you ha- as long as on your turn you have a white gem, you can spin that white gem to buy that card. Well, the cool thing is those cards give you a permanent currency that is printed on the card. So that card might have a blue gem on it. Well, now that I have it in my tableau, I now have a, a one blue gem without having to get tokens. And so I could nice. use that one blue gem on that card to buy another blue gem cost one that might give me a green one. So by the end of the game, you're getting multiple cards where you have three green ones, three blue ones, three white ones. And you're just you're able to like buy really expensive ones because you have permanent ones that you're not having to waste your time to go to the bank and get three tokens from the bank. Right. You have all the gems in front of you. So that's kind of that engine building where you get more buy power as you buy these cards. And that's kind of the drafting as those cards are out there. You can also grab some and hoard them to yourself if you want to the game just goes on until the end um end of the game for the winning condition i believe is how many of those uh those uh victory point conditions are grabbed and then at the end of the game you just get uh points based off the cards you've gotten so those points those cards also have victory points on them you add up all your victory points you add up the victory points that you might have gotten from uh hitting the goal and and those goal cards are like the first person to have of the cards three blue ones, three green ones, and three white ones, for example, and they're all randomized, gets that, and it might be eight more victory points. So at the end of your turn, if you qualify for any one of them, you can get grab one for yourself and you claim it. And so those give you victory points. So at the end of the game, you just add up all your victory points. Whoever has the most wins the game. It's a quick, easy game. The mechanics aren't yeah, too it hard. Like it's, it. it's pretty easy, and it's really fun. It's really available to both newer people, but also add strategy and that kind of engine building to make maybe more of the veteran uh, board gamers as well. It's a it's a nice one to bring people in and play a good hobby game. Now, there are other games, just to uh, quickly move on. If you like Splendor, maybe you have played Splendor. There's some other games like Century Spice Road. Yeah. does Splendor, but better. But Century Spice Road is a little more complicated than Splendor. So if you haven't played Splendor, try it. But if you've kind of burnt out on Splendor, Try Century Spice Road. I'm going to go ahead and wrap that up, uh, unless you have anything else to say, but you haven't no, played the game. No, I have not played the game. Um, <laughs> I've seen it several times and uh, all over Gen Con recently, and, but I uh, heard good things about it. Love to give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out if you have. Uh, you can usually pick it up pretty cheap nowadays because it's a little older game, um, but that is Splendor. This week, the game we're reviewing is Meeples versus the Volcano. Sacrifices must be made. Other Trademark pending. Yes, trademark pending. <laughs> Otherwise known as Survive, Escape from Atlantis. Now, if those if uh, our dedicated TENS fans out there uh, know, we've talked about Survive, Escape from yes, Atlantis. Yes, mentioned our, that. Um, we, before. And we said uh, we are going to get this to the table at, at work at over at lunch. And, and we, we did. did. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We brought it to work, and uh, Corey and Scott both joined us. Um, we got about halfway through, and Corey had a meeting. He had to go, so he really didn't play. He hung around and watched about yeah, half of it, yeah. and he had a meeting he had to run off to. So it was a game with Brian, Scott, and myself. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, oh oops. Sorry. Oh, okay. Spoilers. Spoiler. Okay. All right. Well, okay. we'll, we'll, be, we'll be getting into the intro here real quick. Yes. Hey, I'll just, I'll just Brian, read what the publisher has. Oh, I'm sorry. Want... I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, go ahead. Hey, transition. Brian, would you like to tell us a little bit more about Survive Escape from Atlantis? Absolutely, Chris. Thank you very much. Survive is a cutthroat game where players seek to evacuate their pieces from an island that is breaking up while remembering where their highest valued pieces are located to maximize their score. An island is made up of 40 hex tiles and is slowly sinking into the ocean. 
as the tiles are removed from the board. Each player controls 10 people, value 1 to 6, and they try to move towards the safety of the surrounding islands before the main island finally blows up. Players can either swim or use boats to travel, but must avoid the sea serpents, whales, and sharks on their way to safety. Survive is a 2-4 to four player game, plays in 45 to 60 minutes, and is overall 255 on BGG yeah. and uh, 41 in family. Sometimes, Chris, when you pull out these games and never hold of I'm like, what is this? And then I look, I'm like, well, I, I, I guess it's pretty good on the ranking. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a 1982 game by Parker Brothers. And yes, I own this. And Rob and I played this all the time. Oh, I could imagine. Oh, It'd be fun. It'd be a good it kid. Is. Fun game. Yeah. yeah. So in 2010, Stronghold Games reprinted this. Uh, it was... Uh, it's been out of print for well over 10 years at the time. So they reprinted it, and um, and 2013, they did a 30th year anniversary edition and kind of changed some things and stuff, a little bit art and some stuff. But yeah, so Stronghold Games brought this back. So when this came back, when I first heard it, oh, I was out the door grabbing this game. Shut up and take, and take my money. Shut up and take my money. So I've got the yeah, 2010 edition. I wish, I wish, I wish I had still our 1982 oh, edition. But <laughs> it probably was oh, worn gosh, out. From we play. played this all the time. Yeah. So I, the overview is pretty accurate. There's a, yeah. I, it's a big uh, ocean map with hex tiles. You yep. randomly place the the three terrain types. You got yep. mountain. You got uh, trees and sand. Yes. Uh, there's a couple sea serpents that are already on the map, and basically on each person's turn. Uh, and all, oh, sorry, and all your meeples, yes. everybody's meeples are on the different island. colored. Yep. So what you do, you, you place out, um, you just figure out who starts randomly, and you place one of your meeples out and one of the hexes, and you go uh, left to right, clockwise and stuff, and everybody just puts one, and you can only put one meeple on one tile at the beginning of the game. Later on, you can move multiple meeples on a, a tile, but to place out, so you place all your meeples out. Then once all your meeples out, then you get two boats to put uh, around. Each person gets to put one boat at a time, going around the circle, to place their boats around the island. And then on your turn, you get yep. three moves only. And uh, there's some other rules <laughs> yeah. when you can't move and not move it. And we're not going to get the details, but basically you can move three times. And uh, then you have to draw a tile that's close to a land the, tile. A land tile can have somebody on it, may not. There's two, yeah, two main rules. Um, the as you draw a tile, it has to be located uh, touching next to water, and it has to start with you have to pull all the sand tiles first, then go to the woods at forest, and then go to the the mountain tiles at the last. Yep, and then after you've uh, picked the tile, you could resolve it. it. Might be immediate effect, like spawning a shark in the same spot. Donna. Could be a whirlpool Donna. that pulls and kills people, or it could be ones that you secretly hold off so you can play on future turns. Like, hey, I get some extra boat movement, yeah. or I can move a sea serpent, or something like that. Or a dolphin came up and uh, takes one of my swimmers three spaces, which is huge because yeah. that's three turns worth. <laughs> and then, um, and then you roll a die, and you have to resolve uh, moving a whale or. Yeah. A shark or something that comes up on the die and that's it yeah. and you just keep going until uh and one of the mountain ones there's a volcano it erupts and the game's over yeah and that's then you, the game ending timer and then you count up the victory points printed on the bottom of your meeples that made it to the islands of the first person yes. with the most victory points wins the game yeah. now the fun thing is that you have to try to uh, and I'm going to quote, remember, because you're not going to be yeah, able to remember oh gosh, the remember. victory points on your meeples, because you can see them when you place them, but that's the last yep. time you can see the points. Even after you put them on the island, the next time you see it is when the game's over. Yep, when you're counting the score. And uh, it's hard to remember. Oh, yes, like, it is. A lot of stuff going one on. one of these, especially when you get them in a boat and you're stacked up, and I, I don't remember. Then uh, somebody brings a whale over and capsizes uh, your boats, and they become swimmers, and then sharks are swimming around, and you get nervous, and you forget what point values your meeples are. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a good overview of the game. Yes. So the art on this, what do you think of the art? Um, I, you know, I guess spoiled with a root. Suck it, Corey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Corey liked this art. He pulled it out. He's like, I like this much better than root. I, it's it, fine. It's yes. fine. It's 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 not like gorgeous looking. It's just no. it it kind of reminds me in video games and when it's like a cheaper game where they obviously have a texture pack, but it's the same like small square of that's different of the texture and then that just they stretch it out across a whole wall or ground and so every basically in this game every hex looks like the same 
small like graphic art that they just repeated over the piece so it's just it's not terribly interesting personally i mean yeah it looks like rock but there's no variation on the rock it looks like just the small little square repeated like some graphic artists just copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste so the whole hex looks like a pattern where they just copy and paste this little rock picture and the same with the trees the same with the sand same with the water so it's okay the art's okay it's it's not it doesn't like take away from the game but it definitely doesn't enhance it personally yeah it's it's basic and it but it fits its purpose i thought so rule book now, I was the one who read the rules yep. since I own the game. Um, and the rule book's eight pages, so it's got cover art on the front, and in the rear is basically all the um, information about the game, who published it, and all that kind of stuff. So there's about six pages of rules. The first four actually being rules of how to play the game, turn sequence, components in the box, things like that. And the last two are describing the cards and what the symbols on the cards are and then there's also what they call a bunch of challenges or variations of of how you can play the game Mm -hmm. different like that so there's many ways you can add flavor to the game and and make it more challenging and and things like that so uh the the rules are pretty simple um they go over a step by step of how you know how you can move how you can do this so it, it is pretty intricate I mean, it's simple of just it, a few yeah, senses. It's not too but bad. I don't. It's not too bad. Except for we missed a couple rules. We, we missed one rule, <laughs> one kind of important <laughs> one, which we kind of figured because I kept remembering, like, dang, I remember well, I th- playing I think, it this way. I think part of the reason is you're so used to the older version, right. and this yes. is the reprinted version yes. that there's some variation. It's still there basically was. played the same. It's just a little variation, and so and we were trying to get through so we could play the game because we only had so much time. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so is we trying, it is what it is. It is what it is. But it was uh, it was printed rather clearly actually yes. when we went back and looked and at when it. I I read through it and this kind of stuff. I, I I think I did read through it, but I think we just didn't all pay attention to it. Yeah, what are you so, going to do? What are you going to do? So anyway, so we got halfway through and realized we missed a rule, and so we reset and kind of went uh, finished it that way. But it the was ru- fine. It was yeah, fine. But the rule book is good. It really covers uh, all, all the rules it needs to and explains it out fairly simple and yeah. in four pages. Yeah. So, Yes. So component-wise, uh, this is where I like. And I like I said, I've had the, the very first... Uh, game and seeing this new game where the, they have three different land tiles and so now the newer one of the newer things on this is they have uh, di- different thicknesses of the tiles where the sand um, is the thinnest then it's the forest is a middle thick so it's about maybe two or three times as thick as a sand and then the mountain is probably about four or five times as thick as the sand so it gets it's, it's actually depth. really thick for it cardboard really I, was, is thick. I was actually really surprised on it it i mean it stands out but yeah it, it's pretty cool it does so it kind of makes a 3d um like variation it, it doesn't affect the no, game at all it's just more but it makes the it, island yeah, look yeah look it nicer it does that way give it a feel and that is something different than the very first edition of the game yeah so i thought that was pretty cool but uh one of the things i really like is the the meeples oh the meeples um, in this are fantastic so you've got the sea serpents and whales so sea serpents you've got the head so the head sits there with the mouth and everything the neck uh, out of the water and then a whale is you got these tails um it's kind of a the hump body and a tail then the shark is the dorsal fin so you move these pieces around and there's an expansion actually with giant squids which are kind of cool all no, those squids look yeah. really cool we didn't we didn't play that expansion no, we just we played didn't. the base game but uh it had some giant squids in it and they've got big squids and hanging out with meeple eyes and stuff and but these these meeples are pretty cool reminded me of the quality same quality as the root kind of meeples yeah I, they enjoy Cus- it custom like, yeah. i love yeah. custom meeples yeah, so I'm, I'm a sucker yeah. for them and 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 they're all like colored different and then have little features on yeah. them I, yeah they, they're, they're really cool yeah, yeah. Then, then there's the people meeples yeah and those are there. There's your uh, simple t- uh, type meeples, um, flat bottom with kind of a, a body, upper shoulders, and a head. Yeah. Different colors to differentiate the uh, the player. And then on the bottom, they have the 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 number, the value one through six. So yeah, it was it. I I really liked it. The 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 board is a big uh, big rectangle, um, and that just folds up into uh, four uh, sections to make the the square. Um, but it's nice, yeah. thick board, heavy. And then I liked on the side of the board, it uh, had a table for the yes. amount of spaces that uh, that the three monsters can move. Yep. Well, monsters, I mean whales, yep. sharks, and, and sea monster. Um, and it also said what they attack, because the whale doesn't hurt swimmers, nope. but it takes out boats. Yes. Uh, the sea monster takes out both. 
the uh, shark, a, yep. a boat, and swimmers, yep. and then the shark only takes swimmers. Yes, and so it's it that's hard to remember, like when you're first starting, but it's printed right there on the side yeah. on both sides nice of diagram. the board. I really exactly. like that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is on Scott's color, you could barely make out. Oh, the he was numbers, the blue. But on my red one, it was like bright as day. Yeah. You could tell what the numbers were on the bottom of those meeples, like. They're in black print, and so yeah. Scott had a darker blue meeple. Yeah. So when you kind of read it, it was black on blue, which is always hard. Yeah, it could have been yeah. white or something. Yeah. But I mean, that was my only complaint about the components. But yeah, the thickness of those tiles look were yeah. really cool, and the the meeples. I mean, right. just shark fin meeples. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, they're cool. So on the uh, it does have a fifth six player expansion, which I did have, and those meeples. Um, they add two new color of meeples on them, and they give you these little white stickers with a black number. So putting those on the bottom that would differentiate, and it allows you to tell the color, a little, uh, the score a little better. Oh, good. From reading it. So yeah, they, that was a, that's an expansion for it. Cool. Yeah. So, what do you what do you like about this, Brian? Um, the like is just the silliness of the game that you can like you can move sharks over to kill people, like literally kill people. Oh, yeah, uh, you it, remove them from the game and you can't look at them to see oh, what it's points extremely, you lost. I mean, I I got six of my ten got killed by the end of the game. Like it's extremely <laughs> cutthroat. But you have and maybe that might go in a little more of the. It's not really dislike. Just be aware. Yeah, uh, that it can be. You, you have, you have to come not. in. You have to come in here with a light headed. That hey, I'm not here to win the game. I'm here just to have fun and kill each other's meeples. So I just like moving sharks around, moving the whales around, moving the sea serpents around. It's just fun. And and you're getting towards the end. There's only a couple more uh, land spots, and you're like, ah, oh, crap! I gotta move my meeple off the island. The, what am yeah, I gonna do? And the volcano blows you up. Jump in the water, and you can only move one space. And it's just fun. It's just yeah. it kind of silly, but it's not so silly that it seems unorganized or un. No. It, it it's pretty solid rules. Very very tight, very simple, but just silly theme. I, I I really like, I think it's a good mixture of luck and strategy involved. There is, I mean, the luck of uh, pulling a tile, but the strategy of, and rolling a die to see what, uh, what you move, which... Uh, and the die really doesn't influence as much no, as you think it would, because you it, only get one thing with it, and right. chances are... There's Unless plenty you, of spaces, yeah. and yeah, so really it isn't. But uh, the, just the whole strategy of okay, you know, it's who uh, you can get in. Up to three uh, people's can get into a boat, and it's the the person, the player who has the most uh, of their meeples in a boat controls the boat. Unless it's equal, mm -hmm. um, then then either player or either players sure, yeah. can control it. So yeah, so you, you know, their strategy of hey, you know, I'm a tag along with Brian's and hopefully that his uh he's got he's got two of the guys and hopefully they're high uh, valued. So he's gonna pull that and try to save it and make sure and I'm gonna tag along and score some points along with Brian. Yeah. So there's strategies in, involved in that and you know strategies and you could play cutthroat so you, you don't have to play cutthroat if you no, don't you want need to. to play cutthroat. But in this, in game. this game, yeah I enjoy it that way and I enjoy playing it that way. You have but, to. I mean that's the yes. point of the game. Yeah, it really is. is but yeah, it's yes. fun. It's, it's it's nice to have a game that you go to knowing this is going to be cutthroat yes. and that's the purpose of the game. Yeah. But it's not like overly like – it is a lot of take that, but it's not overly just crazy random. Everybody's going to get yes. take that. I mean, even honestly, we played a three-player game and both – uh, Brian went first, Scott went second, I went third, and of course Brian and Scott were picking on me, and so it was one of those things I know, and it's like, okay, I know I'm getting picked on for the first couple turns, but here's we, the thing: yeah, we tied. Every, I know you and I tied in the end. Everybody's gonna get picked on, yeah, so it's it's, it's, it's yeah, exactly. What goes around, so comes I, around. I know exactly because I know, like you said, six of your ten meeples were eaten, <laughs> and they so got I, eaten in the very <laughs> yes, end. In the very end, so I knew it was gonna come around. So even it, it's one of those games, that even that you're gonna get picked on, but you feel like I'm not. The only one getting picked on. Everybody's yeah. gonna. So it's a part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Really like that. Yeah. Really like that. Yeah, so, agree. so dislikes. Any dislikes on that? So uh, dislikes. Uh, I mean, it's not a huge dislike for me, but just be aware that if people get butt hurt a little bit, yeah. they're going to take. Don't take this game seriously. Know the crowd you're playing with with uh, this game. It's really swingy. Like at the end of the game, I got yep. three guys loaded in a boat. I was in really good position because I had a card, uh, boat card that allowed me to move three. I was going to be able to unload all three of them. One of them was my highest six point because you only get one of those. And Chris pulls one right next to me, and it's a whirlpool. Yep. So I lost all three of them. Everything within the whirlpool square and every space around it like, that's not on an it island. Was, it was like nine points yep. worth in that boat, and I ended up the game with eight. So yep. I could have over double my score with that. I would have guaranteed the win victory, but 
it is what it is. It's I mean, it's game. random. You just have to know going in, it's going to be random. It's silly fun, and that's the point of the games to have silly fun, and uh, that that is what it is. So it's not like a full like dislike for me. Just kind of like you're talking about root yep. last week. Yep. Not really a dislike, but just be aware for this yes. game. Yeah, exactly. What what about you? Dislike? Yeah, the same concept with that. Uh, knowing, like I said, I played this for years. Played it multiple times. Um, no, knowing that, you know what you're getting. Yeah, going I, into I this. knew what I was getting into it, and no, there's no way I'm being butt hurt knowing that. You yeah, guys, both you guys were picking on me the first. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it is what it, it is. It's like trying it's to gotta come around. It's like trying to go into Munchkin yeah. or something and yeah. try to win that game. It's like, nah, yeah. you know, <laughs> you yeah, can play. You play no. to have fun, and if yeah. you win, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So review overall review of this. Yeah, um, just again, like the silliness, like yeah. the theme of like an island disappearing, and you either have to get in boats or swimming. And there's like sea serpents and whales and, and sharks, and it's just it's just silly and fun. And just for time to get off the island, I I, I like the theme. Yeah. I really do. Um, I'm you know I'm gonna give this and um, I should have thought of this thinking. ahead of time. He's thinking. I I think deep. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this an eight. Ooh. I'm gonna give this an eight, which is higher, but. I know I didn't really have a whole lot of dislikes, but at the same time, it's not like it. It's not a heavy, heavy game. It's gonna be a game I'd want to play often. I'm not gonna want to play it all the time, though. No, it's no. it's a game just once in a while or a good filler game for the end of the night. Just in the maybe end a heavy game night on just a light note and just fun. Right, with a 45 minute to 60 minute game, it could be a lot faster yeah. if you played with the same people. We yeah. could get that game in in like a half an hour easily. Oh, easily. Once you, everybody knew the rules, almost definitely. So it's for me. This is an eight and a half. So I, I really love this. The it's I'm debating for a nine because all the nostalgia that goes along with it. Uh, but it's like I said, is is it a game that I would play weekly? Probably not. But with the right people and the setting of hey, you know, knowing that hey, we're gonna uh, you know, have this uh, raunchy tile uh, cut your uh, cutthroat type. Um, yeah, game out with that most definitely so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with an eight and a half i really enjoyed this game like i said grew up playing eight ten years old um and ten years old playing this and just had fond fond memories of many times playing this with my brother and friends so oh yeah lo- love love the game actually yeah. very love yeah. it it'd be a good game to teach your kids not to take games seriously too right um that's very good you point. could try doing that with monopoly but or games like like those mass market ones but i feel like this is a little better game to that kind of teach that hey this is just for fun yeah. let's have some fun it's goofy the theme's fun and it's just lighthearted. Yeah. so uh, yeah. other than like hey we're escaping from lives and people are dying and you know but it's presented <laughs> in a lighter yeah. fashion <laughs> and you know what you realize brian that this was one of those mass market games by parker brothers sure it was it really <laughs> it was. was it was yeah. actually a good game so <laughs> well i mean they had some string of them i mean yeah, even yeah, there was I yeah, mean, yeah yeah there are some good mass yeah. market games out there there's a lot of not good ones but but there's... as of late the yes. mass markets in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s haven't been great but... no no so on this if you like that you'd like this so what what are the, some of the games that you thought of that if you'd like them that you would like survive so um i had cash and guns yeah um i did cash and guns because it's it's kind of a take that you're pointing guns at each other you can kind of pick on each other but it's a silly theme it's kind of fun it's lighthearted. you don't take it seriously you just have a lot of fun that's quite the, the, the exact same feel for me obviously get different gameplay mechanics and theme but just kind of a light-hearted funny silly take that game Right, the one I was thinking of is King of Tokyo. Yeah, that's it's that you know everybody the kaiju monsters uh, fighting each other and take that random randomness with some dice roll and card play uh, drawing and things like that. And, yeah, but uh, yeah, just how you're you're trying to vie to to get that and you're fighting the other people and yeah. trying to claw your way uh, to, to the top uh, on of, top of, of each of other's bodies. Exactly where like <laughs> is this is you're trying to claw your way. And you to can kind of work a little yeah. bit together. Yeah. yeah, so very very similar with that uh, that. Type Type of a feel, like you said, there's a couple different game mechanics, but the the feel overall for the yeah. games. Yeah, I was going I, for feel. Yep, it was hard yep, to find yeah, game mechanics just like this. It, yeah, you're right. It's it's not that uh, very. It's not that. Um, it's a, kind of a unique of a game. It really yeah, is. It really is. Um, the last one on my list was Cartagena. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of talked about yep. it, but you're trying to get dudes to a boat before everybody else. There's a little take that that you can do, but also a little working together. It's like I could scratch your back. If you scratch mine, I could really help you. You could help me a little bit. Or, you know what? I'm going to yank that, uh, and you don't get to get to the... Yeah. The, the boat is quick. But, yeah, it's trying to get dudes on a boat, which is kind of similar. And, and escape. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that's that's a, definitely a good one. Uh, very similar uh, to these. So overall, I really like this game. Um, I'm glad I got it, and it's still out there. Uh, cool stuff, Inc. Yeah. on Amazon, uh, Miniature Market. Yeah, you can fun. get a hold of this. Um, I can see why even, it's 41 on yeah, Family any, overall. Yeah, even strong, Stronghold Games. This is one that they sell. They've sold millions of copies of this. It's one of the what they call um, um, evergreen games. They uh, Stephen Bonacore has talked about it that they just print lots and lots and lots quietly every year. They sell lots and lots. And there's of a this reason. Game. It's yeah, fun. It it's a good game. So check it out. That was Survive Escape from Atlantis. This week's love and hate coming your way. Uh, you want to start off love? Chris? Sure. My love is for cooperative games. I really love cooperative games. Now, there's different types. There's like your full cooperative where everybody's worked together. There's semi-cooperative. And then uh, where, you know, some people are working there and other people are working here. Man, so there's no small groups. And then there's fun. like kind of partnerships. I like the full cooperative. Things like uh, RPGs, role-playing games. I like that where you got a group of party, you're going to the Dungeon Master. actually not really like an overlord. He's more of just like storyteller. Sure. But you're working together for the outcome. Other games like Magic Maze, which we've talked about, uh, Lord of the Rings. All uh, the forbidden uh, games. Yes, all the forbidden games. Those are all, those are co-op, full Pandemic. cooperative Pandemic. Pandemic. Now, I love, this is an older game by Flying Frog Productions called A Touch of Evil, where um, your uh, adventurers, uh, the, oh, I want to say like colonial days fighting off different monsters and stuff, but there's different ways you can play it, but the the way I enjoy that one is full cooperative, working against the bad guy, like the vampire, the the witch. Anyway, so I I like those cooperative games. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I I like cooperative where the difficulty from the game yes. doesn't come from because you're playing other players, but it comes from the game making it really yes. hard. And I like a tough challenge that because if we're going to work together, it can't be easy. We can't just no. wash through no. it because that's you got yeah. four minds, five minds working together. That's easier than just one guy trying to figure out a puzzle or something. But it's got to be a challenge. And you know, the first couple times, like Pandemic, that's a cooperative game. <laughs> you lose, and yeah. you're like, oh gosh, we got to play this again. Yeah. You know, some of the best themes of games come from cooperative games. Yeah. Like Pandemic. Hey, we're fighting this disease that's wiping the world. Yes. Or Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. We're yeah. fighting. You know, I, I don't know. I that's, love cooperative yeah, games. So do I. I'm there with you. That's that's a, that's a love of mine. I Like, again, I love the social interactions of board games and things and, and then working with some. There's always yeah. so much, you know, player versus player type yeah. games. Well, but with the co- ones, yeah, with cooperative, we're in it together and yes. you can kind of discuss yep. it and have fun yep. opposed if you're against each other sometimes the discussion's right. more outside of the game than inside the game because right. you're not i don't know it's you know it's just different you're not really want to help each other but you're like oh, oh my gosh my card i'm not gonna tell you what's in my hand yeah. you you won't believe this i'll tell you after the games like so that's where i'm really interested in uh playing that version of thunderstone quest where it's the cooperative time. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah with the barricades we about the and barricades. get it next yes. year yeah, i sometime. know <laughs> you were talking about that so i'm looking forward to that so yeah oh, but I like, even like mansions of madness yes oh, mansions so much of madness so like with cooperative games it gives you a good opportunity to actually bring people into the hobby that are like uh, yeah maybe amateur maybe haven't played more heavier games but you can kind of bring them into a heavier game a little bit yep. and they could have a lot of fun because they may not have to know everything in if you've played it well enough, you can kind of help carry them and inter- walk them along the game and, and allow them to experience like the meteor heavier type games without being too intimidated for, well, you know, I don't have to know all the rules because I'm playing by myself. I'm playing with three or four other people. Absolutely. Yep. So um, yeah. I love. Good one. Cooperative games. For me, I'm going to say thematic games. Yeah. Um. Now, I really like thematic games, but I'm not as a, th- I'm not a thematic game snob. Does that make sense? Like, I'll play games that are non-thematic and have yeah. as much fan- fun as thematic games. But I just, I really love thematic games um, in the sense that you just feel like it brings you into the game. You know, you play something like Gloomhaven. You feel yeah. like you're that character. You feel like the decisions you're making mean something and have some weight. Um, 
you know, like the Star Wars games. You feel like you're in Star Wars playing your the Lord of the Rings. You just you feel like you're in Lord of the Rings games, and I I just really like it. I I like it a lot. Um, what kind of spurred this is Dinosaur Island. It felt like I was running my own <laughs> Jurassic Park. I mean, nice. it's so cool. It's so much fun. I agree. Games games that do that well are awesome. It's yeah. you know, there's some times where we talk about. Um, I was listening to a podcast that had Stefan Feld with it and how he talks about he designed games. He designs games around mechanics, then paste themes on. But sometimes and you, you can get, tell with his yes, games. You can tell that. But there's sometimes that people when they make a game, they don't just don't paste any theme on it. They they have the thought in their mind that this game and these game mechanics and how they uh, incorporate them together works best with this theme. And that that to me enhances the gameplay when you've got a good theme. And like I said, I always talk talk about it of late. All this immersion with that Quantric Foundry uh, testing and stuff, the immersion stuff. So yeah, that's I, I agree with you. The, uh, a good theme on a game really adds to it. Well, those were some pretty good loves. Yeah. So I, I felt the love. So maybe our hates will be even better. Uh, hates. Uh, Chris, you want to start her off? Sure. Um, one of my hates is sore losers. This is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, oh, there's, man. you know, I understand. I'm a competitive person in many different ways in my life and things. And, and even in games, I, I try to play a game with the fact of, of winning, but uh, there's certain games, even like this uh, today, when we played Survive. Um, oh, it was the tables were turned against me um, in the beginning, and and just it didn't go my way with pulling some island pieces. I, I didn't get the like the the boat moves or the like dolphins I got on my first like, one, exactly. And then I got and, three guys oh, over, yeah. You got guys on there, and Scott got guys on there. And then it was several turns later when and I then got you start, one, and then the short cart starts <laughs> coming. Yeah, you exactly. got moving around. <laughs> oh yeah. So no, it's one of those things. It's it's like oh, yeah, understand you know. Yeah, I can understand playing to win, but enjoy the game and the yeah. process. And it's it's not it's not always like they say it's not the as not the outcome of the game that matters. It's how you played the game that does. So and that's where sword losers, people that just get bitter, like you know they they uh, they just pity and, and just that whole sword losing aspect. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, that's that's not me. Yeah, if you ever find yourself, this is a good technique that I found because I used to be kind of a sword loser. You. Could, yeah, I remember I'm sure that. there's some stories, and you can ask Emily about it. Um, but uh, whenever I start to find myself feeling like getting upset or something about it, I just remind myself, this is just a game. Yeah, it's a game. Like, for a second there, when the whirlpool came up and wiped yeah. out three of my guys, <laughs> I, I was... I saw the steam count starting to build. But you know what? Then after one turn, it was yes. like, okay, it's fine. This is going to be fine. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. And, uh, and other people will get eaten, and it's hilarious. Yep. Yep. But it just it just make the best of it, and it's just fun. Just as a reminder, why am I playing this? Other than trying to review a game for a podcast, I'm playing it because I want to have fun, right? That's what that's and what it game's is about. a good game to have fun, and it's a good game. Yeah, yep. um, my hate is unclear rules or poorly written rules. Wow, um, this kind of came up uh, in actually a couple games we played recently, or I've played recently. One of them was Dinosaur Island. There was a few unclear things where. I literally had to go on BGG and check uh, rules. I, that's a good indication you've done something wrong, maybe, or maybe didn't write it clearly enough. Um, and so even on BGG, there was like an argument about what I was looking, because I, I just Googled Dinosaur Island and then the name of the, the placard card, and it pulled up, instantly pulled up the first search result was a BGG game thread about it, and nobody came to a consensus about what you're supposed to do. So... It, it's it that just bugs me that you have to interpret and just we have to decide as a house. I, I'm kind of a rules guy. I want it yeah. kind of black and white. I need. I want to know can I or you. cannot. I don't like this ambiguous. Well, maybe, but like I said, there were pe- other people arguing about it and couldn't come to a consensus. And nope, the developer wasn't on there. Didn't respond. So what was the other game that I? Oh, Kanagawa. Um, so check uh, check the Instagram. Just posted it here today. Kanogawa is a game from Yellow. It's a Japanese style game where the game's actually re- pretty good. Um, Corey and I played it this last week, but um, the game is you're like a apprentice 
uh, painter and you're in your under a Japanese master painter and it's kind of a it, there's card drafting and then you're taking those cards and building out either your shop your studio and you can get new like paint brushes and other paints or you can use your stuff in your studio already to build onto your paint um, like your your it's like a landscape and so it actually makes this picture as you play the game and build the cards out it's pretty cool it looks really good there's even these little paint pot components chris like there's a pot nice. with like a it, they're 3d and they're color like colored already sure. they're really cool components interesting the the mat where all the cards go that you uh draft from is like a bamboo mat like rollout mat it's the thematic and the components are fantastic yeah. and the game's actually pretty fun like good card drafting a little engine building a little set collection then trying to get vie for victory points kind of push your luck see if you can get it because once you once you say no i don't want to take that they're called diploma the victory points based on sets once you say no to that you can't get it again you have to get the next tier up Ooh, nice so there's a little push your luck but um some of the worst rules I, I've ever read. So yeah. many questions yeah. about it. It just I was showing Corey because he had questions I'm like I don't I don't honestly don't know. And like I was showing Corey, I'm like, it, yeah. it the first two pages is going through all the terms of the game and a lot of it's these weird terms they use and you're like, what are they talking about? And then it goes through your gameplay and it, it just it was yeah. bizarre. Anyway, so yeah. I just bring that up because it's just poorly written, laid out rules and just annoys me that I have to look up on BGG to find an answer. Yeah, it bugs me. And that is frustrating. We, we, Corey and I, and BG, and we've played. Even Scott played a tactical miniatures game from Rackham, um, which is called Confrontation. Uh, very yeah, fun. You've talked yeah. about that. Yeah, and Rackham is uh, defunct, um, and Confrontation's dead, but it's supposed to be coming back. Uh, but the Rackham is uh, was a French company. So when they translated into English, they really did not do well on proofreading and and translating well. So Dice Forge. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. It was. I mean, but these have hundreds of pages of you know different Ugh, books and stuff. Gross. And it's, it's there's a lot of there's a kind there was a um, a role playing game as well as this miniature games and stuff. Beautiful, absolutely some of the best miniatures I've ever seen, and really cool. But the rules just were so broken, and it was kind of yeah. hard, and it was really hard to understand. So That's we kind of had to just make up a bunch of house rules. <laughs> house <and> rules. <laughs> yeah, nice. exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I totally understand that. Yep. So that's my hate. Unclear rules or poorly written, laid out rules, however you want to yeah. interpret. So that's my hate for this week. Okay. okay. Well, that comes to an end of episode 19, Chris. That was a lot of fun. Talked a lot of other games. Thanks for bringing back one of my uh, absolutely most awesomest childhood games of all time. Survive. Well, when you talked about it in a previous episode, I think we talked off air. I'm yeah. like, uh, I gotta play. You gotta breathe this in. This like sounds so cool. So yeah, when you were talking about what games we we're gonna do, I'm like, dude, I can bring in Survive. Do it. <laughs> and we're like, let's let's see what Corey and Scott are doing. And thanks for Corey and Scott for coming out and sitting with us and yeah, and getting it on the table for sure. Yeah, appreciate it. Um. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was a fun fun week. Got a, quite a few games in and uh, finally got to check Survive off the checklist. Yes. We, uh, we're locking down plans to play TI4 yes. next month. We've said it. The date is set. I think, it's, I think it was meant to be, Chris. It was October 11th, Friday night through Saturday, October 12th. We've got the Friday night initial round and set up and going over the rules with everybody since it's a newer edition. Some people haven't played this, so we're going to go over it. And we'll do a couple rounds and then Saturday start off and oh, finish man. the game. I mean, you were throwing out that date 11 the 12th. You're like, hey, well, that's a way game. Minnesota, we may or may not have to have that TV on, even on mute to watch that Nebraska game. Um, but uh, you threw out those dates, and then we were having dinner last night. And Emily's like, well, uh, my sister invited us up to Minnesota. You know, I do know it's on a game. I was thinking about taking Denver up there. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, what, what, wait, the Minnesota game? Is that the 12th? And she kind of gave me a look like, how would you know that off the top of your head? Well, it's because Chris and I had just <laughs> talked about it. I'm like, Chris brought it up. She's like, well, we'd leave like Friday after school and then not get back to like Sunday. Brian's I'm like, pump in the air. I'm like, that's like perfect because we were talking about doing TI4 all weekend. So it, 
It was meant to be. Yeah. It really was yeah. meant to be. So really excited about that coming up. That'll yes. be a lot of fun. Um, so we're getting the band back together. I know. And BG was thrown out uh, this weekend to play some yes, Gloomhaven. I saw that text. To get that back together. Yes. And, and uh, Borderlands 3 comes out on Friday. Oh, is that the Friday game you were talking about? Yeah, I'm taking yeah. Friday off. Uh, not not only to play Borderlands 3, but I, I had to get my car yeah. repaired and, and stuff like that. But yeah, so I'm, it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. I actually went out and purchased off of Steam a, a video game. I haven't bought a video game for a while. Shadow Run Returns. Nice. So I downloaded that whole pack and stuff. It was on sale at Steam. So oh, I, man. I got that, all that. So, Talk about value. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going I'm to test that out sometime here. Awesome. Yes. Give that yeah, play. so we got a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of things and games to play. Well, I mean, guess I guess what's yes. new, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, just a reminder, uh, we appreciate the feedback. I know we have a, quite a few newer listeners. Yeah. Uh, if, I mean, if the statistics are not lying, it looks like we, we uh, jumped about a fourth in listeners in just the last week alone. So we appreciate if you're here and you're a new listener, we do appreciate it. Um, kind of, a uh, we're, we're still trying to get back to our roots. You know, things are still changing. Develop them. Yeah. We, uh, basically we're just doing whatever is, is fun, but we want to talk about games and, and talk about as many games as possible. But, um, we appreciate you listening. Um, like always, yeah. please review. Pre, pre, I hate the beg for this stuff, but it does help with the algorithms on iTunes to get us to the top of the list when you search board game podcast. Uh, throw us a review, and if you want to type something up, we also appreciate it and read it. If you have any feedback or ideas, we're, Love it. we're always open to those things. Uh, shoot us an email at gamesweplaypod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Or come check us out on our social media on Facebook, uh, Games We Play Pod, and on Twitter, Games We Play Pod, and on Instagram, <laughs> on Games We Play Pod. I, I do look at Instagram. I don't really post on there much anymore, but uh, check us out. Uh, you can connect to us on any one of those. I get them, and we respond back. Um, we do appreciate all the, the feedback and likes yes. and following us, and hopefully we can keep uh, producing a product that everybody enjoys and that we keep enjoying and that uh, is not only entertaining but informational. That's our goal. That's the goal. Well, anything else you want to add to that, Chris, before we move on to... No, just enjoying it and watching this uh, grow and evolve and just having fun. Just humbled. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it, it's fun. fun. It's it, it Like so I said, fun. the things that have starting to come about just because we've started doing this, all the games oh, we've the done, the experiences. Yes, I was just thinking of the dealt hand and going out to Fire Trucker. And doing this stuff and talking with these other people about how we're starting to play some games and do some play testing with stuff. Just that other opportunity that I would wouldn't have looked into if we yeah. didn't start doing this um, and talking I mean, about it. And even like even back to Origins, Rob yeah. with two Bs, he's yep. still like oh yeah, he's still on our Instagram like commenting on it. And we're talking back and forth on these Shout games. Shout out and, to Rob with two Bs. Yeah, so it's just really cool. The just the people yep. we meet and yeah, we'll probably exactly. meet, run into them next year and just at conventions. And it's just fun. It's That's, a lot. I, of fun. I look and I look forward to that now yeah absolutely yeah for sure build those relationships for sure all right well let's go ahead and wrap this up um so from the games we play i am brian and i'm chris and keep on gaming join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at games we play pod and at games we play pod at gmail.com